0: What's going on, everybody? It's your host Rob Marsh. You listen to the Rims and S podcast. Episode 46, the final segment. Um so I mean I know this is uh like the podcast. I started recording it uh, this whole episode on Friday, and right now it's uh I'm recording this last segment on Monday. Um, of the next week, which I've never done this before, but, you know, like I said, I mentioned that I was traveling, so I wasn't able to really have all my equipment with me while I was traveling, so I'm back home now, so I'm going to finalize the episode, Um, basically we're going to just be talking about, you know, an update on locally, um, the college basketball season, what's going on with that. Um, and plus we'll um, we're pretty much um, pretty much break down what happened with the Christmas Day game for the, with the Celtics as they fall to the Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously a very frustrating loss. Um, but we'll get into that in, in the later half of the show. Um, and then also we'll have a draft scope with my latest draft scope it's going to be basically reviewing. Um, prospect Jabari Smith, uh, uh, that plays for Auburn. Um, he's probably projected to be, uh, anywhere. He's definitely going to be a top five pick, but he could probably fall, uh, as like maybe a number one pick, you know, he definitely has like one of the highest seals out of all the, out of, out of all the prospects that I've looked at. Um, I mentioned, uh, Pablo Benchero in the last episode i um, the last trap scope I had. You can check it out in episode 45, but um, this will be the latest one that I have, and we'll get into that probably, probably to wrap up and conclude the show. But uh, to begin, we're gonna have some recruiting news, which it's pretty much been dry up late. Um, hasn't been much going on. I noticed there was a recruiting period. Um, there was a recruiting date uh, maybe about, a two, uh, I would say about mid-December or early December. That it was like an early uh, signing period. That, that just deadline just um, that just um, the deadline just passed two weeks ago, and usually that's a big day for college football, but. I mean, it's also a day for college basketball as well. And I would say about 80% of the prospects have been signed so far, like, far as, like, you know, locally. um, But there's been a few that haven't been signed yet. I mean, the biggest prospect that hasn't been signed has been um, guard Desmond Claude. Um, he's pretty much a prospect out of Connecticut, plays for, for uh, Putnam's science academy um very good uh very good player has very good athleticism a bigger guard he he stands at six five um he just recently got an offer from kansas so i mean obviously that's a huge huge offer for him um i don't know if he will lean towards that but i think if you go get an offer from kansas man i think I think that's something that you might have to really consider even if he don't play right away, which he might not play right away. I mean, I know it's going to be very competitive going to Kansas and being able to play right away is probably going to be a tough thing to do. Um but the kid has some talent. I think he's you know in in recruiting um services, they, you know, like 247 Sports for example, has him at like you know as a four-star prospect, so he's still a, a pretty decent prospect. Um, when I do um, set out the rankings, um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have him in the top five as far as my rims and nets um, top twenty-five rankings. I'll probably ma- I'll probably ma- probably have him in the top five. So that's a nice get for uh, if if Kansas can get him or. If he if he decides to commit to Kansas, but he's got a lot of offers, especially locally, so just wanted to add that because it's been somewhat dry late. I haven't been able to really put a lot of breaking news tabs or breaking news updates on my website because of that. But uh, hopefully that breaks soon. There's a lot of a lot of other guys that have been signed as well. Danny Wolf is another guy. Um, he's another guy that's locally as well. He's a, he's a big guy. Um, I believe in the, um, I believe he plays in, uh, Norfolk Mount Hermon. I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but that's another guy that comes to mind that, you know, that's pretty high up on, on my top 25 list that hasn't been signed yet. And there's, a, there's a few others. AB Brown is another guy. I think he's another one that plays for the same school. Um, but like I said, we will, again, to just to mention, we will have the 15 to 20 or really, I think it's, yeah, 15 to 20. We will have that, um, that update soon. Um, I'll probably be working on it this week. So hopefully I can get it in there sometime this upcoming weekend or maybe early next week onto the website. So check out for that. If you, are interested in on more in-depth scouting reports on some of these local prospects. Um, maybe, you know, a few prospects that you probably, you know, you go to school with, or you, um, you bump heads with in your, in your area. It's always nice to like, look at, you know, you know, a lot of those players getting recognition, which um, I'm trying to be, like I said, there's a few other sources out there that can, you know, that give out recognition, it's definitely um, good to have a little bit more recognition. It definitely helps with you know getting exposure out there. So I mean that would be good for um, just another you know outlet that can that can find some of these players that may not you know that might fall under the bushes or just be diamonds in the rough that aren't discovered by everyone in the in the public eye. Particularly you're not going to see ESPN. I mean, ESP might cover the top prospects, but they're not going to cover, like, maybe the latter half of the region when it comes down to those prospects. I always feel like when I put out a top 100, I feel like I'm literally putting out, um, which hopefully next year I can do. Um, I thought I was successful last uh, two years ago. I thought, like, just people really, I'm pretty sure there was a lot of people that you know, I did get, I noticed that, like, I was looking at the analytics, I was getting a lot of links, um, from that top 100, you know, page, so, so it's definitely a, a list that i like to get back to in the upcoming future, hopefully next year I can do it, well, most likely I will, I just thought, like, last year, again, it wasn't a normal year, and I just had to, like, have that uh, time away, because, you know, it really wasn't a normal year. Anyways, a lot of teams barely had full seasons, So this year is actually like a full year of, you know, has to get back into it a full-fledged season. So I thought it was right to come back this year. And and, and here I am recovering it, uh, covering all this once again. Um, Like I said, the did my best with all the information about all those high schools. But like I said, there's a lot of information in there. Check out the last few segments on that about pretty much all you need to know about lo- lo- the local high school teams in each state or in the- each state in the region, in the New England region. But uh to move on, let's talk about um, far as like call the local college basketball teams that are doing pretty well as of late. Let's move on to the Vermont Catamounts. They're sitting at eight and four. Um, probably the biggest wins that they got this—the biggest win that they got this year—is they beat Brown, the Brown Bears. Um, they won seventy to sixty-five. Um, the top players so far have been Ryan Davis and uh, the big guy, which is probably projected to be the player of the year in the American East. And then you have the guard Ben Shungru. Um, both of them have done a very good job of carrying the team this year. I had them ranked number four to start the year in my rims and nets, you know, preseason top 10. But um, And so far, I mean, you know, I'm going to update it for the upcoming month. I think there are going to be a team that could, you know, bump up a little bit because they've been very successful or probably maybe third, maybe bump up one notch. Um, but th- they've been good. They've been solid. I was prob- I was watching a few uh, highlights of them play against Colgate. Um, I thought Ryan Davis is just showing us how impressive he is, and the versatility that he has to be able to handle the ball, um, hit, shoot the three from the outside, and and post up a little bit. I think he's a very versatile player. Reminds me, I mean, I think he's a little bit more of a skillful Anthony, Anthony Lamb. Anthony Lamb. Um, did, did make it to the NBA as far as like, just having, you know, he did have a few stints in the NBA. I don't think he's been able to be, been able to stick so far. I think he's been mostly a G League player, but, uh, I think Ryan Davis might have a chance to maybe make a summer league team. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a summer league team and who knows if he, if he does well, he might be able to get a spot in the NBA just all it's all about opportunity I think he has the ability though I mean he's not a super athletic guy but I think he has some potential at the next level even if he doesn't make the NBA I think he's a guy that could make the EuroLeague or something like that he's definitely a skillful player that can really play um, so he's doing well for Vermont this year and I think they're got a nice solid team around him as well so again, eight and four, they're definitely in the driver's seat in the American East so far, and definitely one of the top teams I think locally. Um, the next team so far that's been playing very, very strong basketball is the Providence Friars. I think they've been the hottest team, like pretty much, pretty much in the country right now. Um, Eleven and one on the year. They just came off of a big win against UConn. Um, they won fifty-seven to fifty-three. Um, right now they're ranked 22nd in the country. They pretty much just swapped places with UConn. UConn coming into that game was ranked 20th. And they just pretty much just, you know, just swapped places with them pretty much. Um, the duel of Nate Watson and Noah Hochley has been solid, man. They've been a solid inside duel. Um, very good rebounders. Um, Hochley is a very good shooter, shoots 40% from three. Um, Watson just gives you a great inside presence, can post up, score inside. Um their perimeter play has been very good as well. They've been fairly balanced overall. I mean, Reeves has been good, the Rad Tran uh the, excuse me, the grad student, um the transfer uh Durham from in, uh, Indiana transfer has been great. Um as he's really been adjusting to the point guard role, but he's been he's been a solid scorer for them as well. Um they got a uh, couple of pieces to around them like Mania and Breed that really give them toughness and defensive intensity out there. Um, yeah, their defense is, is what is pretty much their calling card. They can defend out there as well as they can score inside and out. So just a very solid all around team. Um, that's why they were able to beat UConn. But of course, UConn is going through some injuries though. They didn't have Shinoga. Um, I think, Ty, uh, was his name? Tyrese, uh, Martin just got, just came back from injury that game. So, I mean, UConn's not 100% healthy, but they were pretty fairly healthy coming into that. But I had, to, you gotta give Providence a lot of credit for getting that victory. Um, that wasn't their only big win this year. They beat Wisconsin early on. They beat, um, the likes of Texas Tech. So they've been very solid this year. Um, And I think they're definitely a a team that might have a chance to win the Big East. I still think UConn top to bottom might be the best talent, especially when Snoga comes back. I think UConn may be top top to bottom or the most talented team in the Big East, but I do think uh, Providence is right there with them. I think Providence can probably give them a run for their money if it comes down to a head-to-head matchup later on in the season, but potentially in a a postseason tournament. I think they have a chance to to really um, make some noise in the tournament, uh, the NCAA tournament as well. Uh, but the next team, which is also played extremely strong throughout uh, this, you know, December and and you know, pretty much November as well, is early in the season. Is uh, URI? Um, so far, URI is eight and three. Um, David Cox's team has done very well. They beat. Boston College twice so that's to me that hurts I'm a Boston College fan so that hurts me <laughs> like I was pretty frustrated to see you know BC lose to that team twice but um they got some they got some talent you know especially up front with the Mitchell brothers Makai and Mikel um they both were Maryland uh, transfers that transferred onto the team um Jeremy Shepard is another guy that transfers from East Carolina um, he, he plays at the guard position, so that gives them stability in both the uh, front court and the back court position. Um, they're known for their defense. I think their perimeter defense is good, but I think uh, Mitchell Brothers are really, you combine both of them, they are averaging close to, you know, four blocks a game, both of those guys. They're very good shot blockers, both of them. Um, and. As far as I right now, I would have to say I had them ranked number six in my um, rims and Nets top ten. I'm probably going to bump them up to three now. In the you know when I updated in January, um, they looking very strong, and I just think um, coming into uh, the Atlantic Ten, you know, conference uh, schedule, they're gonna they're gonna be a team to be a top team to beat in the conference um St. Bonaventure was probably one of the few teams that made it you know ranked to start the year they might be right there with them if not probably better than St. Bonaventure I heard Bonaventure got knocked out of the not her but I I mean they got knocked out of the um top 25 a couple weeks ago so they're not even even a threat as of right now so look out for teams for URI and to really um, make some noise, hopefully win the A ten, and um, definitely represent locally. But uh, and then the last team I have is what we just mentioned is UConn. They're also eight three again. A lot of those losses came up late. Um, they lost the top twenty five. They definitely have dealt with some injuries, but nevertheless, the positives. I think R.J. Cole is having a very good season. Um, Tyrese Martin is another guy as well, very versatile player, can rebound, can um can, you know, shoot, can can is very deadly in transition, very good defender. Um they have Whaley's a good shot blocker. A coat, a coat is another good shot blocker. So they got a lot of defensive pieces, a lot of guys that can, you know, shoot and that gives them a lot of versatility all around. Um and they're probably one of the more bigger teams in the country, so that definitely helps. Is Tyrese Martin is a guy that is a guard that plays, you know, six six is a six six guard, and they have um, the other guy um, that's you know an NBA prospect. I've, I'm, I'm definitely uh, drawing a blank on him, but uh, he'll come. It probably will come to me later on, but. um I just think that with UConn, I think they're going to be still, you know, even though they've definitely had a, you know, kind of a, a you know, there's always hills and valleys in the season. I think they're hitting that, you know, that that valley right now where they're not able to, um you know, the consistency's not there, but it's still a long season, so they can definitely turn it around. But I, they still have a very good record, still eight and three. And I think once they get Snodgrass back, I think they'll be right where they were, you know, before the injuries hit. Because Snodgrass was out, and then also Tyrese Martin was out. So they, those are two, you know, big pieces that were out that really, kind of, you know, really hurt their offense and their defense. Because they've both of those guys really impact both ends of the floor, and losing those guys was pretty tough. But, uh, once they get Snogle back, I think they'll be right where they, you know, right where they were before those, all those injuries hit, um, but yeah, those are probably, that's probably going to wrap up the college basketball side of things, um, let's, um, switch gears to the Celtics and their debacle on Christmas, um, and again, I hope everyone had a, mer- uh, a very good Christmas. Um, I know I pretty much had a lazy day. I pretty much watched basketball most of the day. You know, I got to see uh, family, got to see my niece um, and her family. And it was nice. I mean, it was definitely a nice weekend. I got well-needed rest. As you can see, I'm definitely well-rested. I feel like I'm, I have a lot more energy come you know doing this pod than i did with the last three pods i had um hopefully yeah like it's it definitely helps to have a little bit more energy you know doing these because it's definitely can be um to to do so much outside of this um hopefully you know one day i can have a little bit more time to really you know to prepare and rest and kind of um I don't know what's what's those mind exercises you do, or the like, the 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 um meditate or I think meditation is good to do because it really helps you to free your mind, especially when you're doing a podcast. Like it's definitely a good thing to meditate or kind of just rest before you do it, because that way the thoughts just come freely. Uh, there's no hesitation, and you just you're just, just flowing, you're not really, like, thinking, you're just flowing, going with the flow, and, um, like I said, I definitely haven't been able to do that up late, and this episode has definitely been somewhat better for me as I'm, as I'm going through it right now, but, for, but, uh, speaking of the Celtics, um, and their Christmas debacle, um, I don't know what to say. I just think the Celtics, it's just been the same story with them. I, I, I don't want to keep talking about embarking up the same tree. Um, they were, I mean, I, as as I watched it, they, I thought I was going to see, you know, a victory. It looked like they were playing, playing the right way, moving the ball, getting to the rim getting to the free throw line, doing all the right things, shooting the ball well. I thought they shot the ball well. So that kind of masked some of the things that maybe I didn't really see that they weren't doing. But, um, yeah, they were shooting the ball well, that's for sure. Jalen Brown had a nice start to the game, which that always tends to happen. Jalen Brown is a very early starter in games. And then Tatum's more of a late starter in games, so it kind of, kind of that's kind of how it always tends to be with them like when they're both on the floor at the same time I think Jalen Brown is a late uh, early starter and then Tatum is more of a guy that like comes in later in the game and scores and that's kind of how it turned out to be I think Tatum started scoring in the second quarter um, not really too much in the first quarter and but the second half was just kind of with a disaster Slowly but surely, it started to get bad. I thought the third quarter was pretty decent; it wasn't too too bad. But I thought the fourth quarter they had a lot of droughts, and it allowed the Bucks to make a huge run to really cut into that lead. And I thought Griefy really just kind of just got going. I thought Chris Middleton got going as well, because Chris Middleton was pretty quiet throughout the game, which that tends to be the case with Chris Middleton. Like he just finds a way to you know. You know, sometimes he'll disappear in the game and then he'll find a way to get into a rhythm. And that's what happened in the fourth quarter. I mean, he got in a rhythm. I thought that their bench kind of really solidified that run as well. So it really just started with, the, you know, early in the fourth quarters when things started to get worse. And they just didn't over, didn't recover after that. And just, they, and you know, it's the same old story with them as far as like just closing out games. They just have a hard time closing out games. And it just comes down to just, you know, the chemistry issues, how they just kind of crumble in, in tight situations. And this has just been the same story for them. And I just really don't have really much to say. I'm not going to really spend so much time on it. But um there's a lot of other things I could talk about that's much more positive. But it's just like I'm tired of, tired of talking about the same issues with this team that tends to just... Uh, rear its ugly head every single time out when it comes down to a big spot you know this is a big spot Christmas day all eyes on all our all the eyes are on you um pretty much you can change the perception of NBA fans' mind because most NBA fans turn in most casual NBA fans turn in on turn into into the Christmas games that's usually when they start watching and they obviously just couldn't you know you know, they couldn't um, put themselves in a position to, to like I said, change the perception of NBA, NBA fans' mind and turn things around and really turn the season around and get over 500 and hopefully um, maybe, you know, get a run and, and start a win streak. Because that's what they've had a hard time doing. That's why they're a 500 team right now. It's because every time, you know, they do win a f- one or two games, they end up losing two games. When they might win one game and then they lose it, lose another game, and it's just that's been the cycle the entire season, literally the entire season. We're we're probably almost about halfway through, as we're heading close to you know past thirty something games, going on to forty games, and it just hasn't been nothing to really you know write home about. Um, and like I said, the trade rumors could start to. You know, they'll start to materialate. We're, we're heading into January. We're just probably maybe one, you know, a good month away from the deadline and the all-star break. And that's when all the trading, the trading rumors are going to start to circle back again. Um, I kept teasing you guys about, you know, making a Bradley Beal article. Maybe I might write it. I was thinking about, oh, okay, they're playing well. Maybe I might need to, may not need to write it, but maybe I might have to write it because it's probably maybe something that this team is going to have to need. They're going to have to need a big shakeup in order to really change the culture of this team because it really just comes down to a culture thing. I think their attitude is just not um, its not a winning attitude or not a winning culture or, or uh, guys that want to win out there. Like There might be some guys that want to win, but then some guys, they're just okay with being mediocre and you have to like really shake up the mix in that locker room and it may not be just like the role players or you know you shook up the front office you shook up the coach um if anyone just noticed Danny H just got a new job i think he's uh i think yeah he's the I think he's like the vp or president of utah jazz so he went right back to his, you know to his, to his home area So, again, congratulations to Danny Ainge, but now you have, you still have a mess in Boston, where where he pretty much left, where you have Brad Stevens as a GM, where this is like literally his first year as a GM, and then you have the new coach, and Emi Adoka, and then you have like a mix of players that just are just, I don't know, I just don't think they're ready for prime time, and they're, you know, they and people say, oh, they're still young. But, like, when they were young, when they technically were young, when they were, you know, rookies and first-year play or second-year players, they were in the NBA Finals. They were in the – um or, clo- you know, one game away from the NBA Finals. I think Tatum was playing a game seven against LeBron in his rookie season. So, I'm like, I mean, talk about, like, being there. I mean, they were definitely in the – pretty much in, in the – pretty much right where they possibly could be at a young for a young player. Maybe, like I said, maybe they were discovering too much too soon. Like they didn't get enough um, tough times early on to kind of humble them a little bit. So maybe that's what's going on, but I don't know. It's just definitely, I mean, I don't want to be too psychological about it, but, I'm just figuring out like what's going on. It's definitely like a mental thing with them because it's like you have the talent. Like I just thought, like they played so well early on in that Bucks game. Like they could have, they pretty much was just they when they when they want to play, they can play, and they they're, they're super talented when they can. But when and think about that, how impressive that was for them to do because they weren't even really hundred percent. You had a lot of guys out with COVID and you still fell short, you know, and still really didn't deserve to lose that game. I thought they played the right way 80 to 90 percent of the game until when it mattered, they crumbled. So, I mean, that is pretty much the same story. And I'm just going to kind of just move on with the, the next topic uh to wrap this up as we're heading about a half an hour and in. Okay, so hopefully the Celtics can figure things out. And like I said, it's only going to get worse. They continue to, to slide with their, you know, with their win, you know, with the wins and loss totals. really just stay where they're at. It's not going to get better. And I think just think it's going to be more rumors come roll, around the team. So we'll see what happens. We'll see how things materialize in the upcoming weeks. Uh, but far as like, To end this show, we're gonna get into the latest draft which I love. These features Um, you basically basically talk about, which is kind of like a a kind of like a thing where um it's kind of like a favorite thing of mine to really like look at players and look at film of players and see if they're draftable players. Even like um, this is why. I wanted to do what I do because it's like, it's definitely like a, a hobby of mine to like look at film, dissect the player, um, you know, figure, uh, figure out what skills they have and what skills they can utilize to the next level. Um, but this upcoming player that I have, that's, um, really definitely making a name for himself of late um coming into the season he really wasn't a name that really was getting really recognized. It's, it seems like that's you have those type of players every single season. There's like certain players that don't get recognized right away, but then as the season goes on and they start playing, the games, you know, the players start playing and stuff, they we realize that wait a minute, this player this player has got a lot of talent. And this guy is more than just a a fringe guy or a raw player or a guy that you know maybe like a second round pick. No, this guy is a potential lottery pick. And then we see more of him and then we see like he's still a freshman and he still had he's still only 18 years old. This guy might be a top 5 pick. So here we are Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith out of Auburn. He's definitely Leaning towards not only a top five pick, potentially, potentially number one. Um, Chet Holmgren has been a disappointment of late. Um, just has been, he's been, he's had some moments, but you know, he's just not consistent. Um, still gets pushed around out there, which we kind of expect him to possibly, you know, that was going to happen to him because, you know, he's so frail out there. He's just barely under 200 pounds or just hitting 200 pounds at seven feet tall. So that may not be the best recipe. I know if you play out on the perimeter, I guess it's, you know, pretty awesome. He has that skill set, but still, he still has to, you know, bang inside for Gonzaga and he still has to play to five and it really hasn't been working for him. Um So guys like Jabari Smith and guys like, uh, what I, me- I mentioned in the last part, Paolo Benchero have really been taking advantage of that, those opportunities to really get some shine out there and really show, show their game. I think Paolo Benchero is probably like the most skilled player, the most NBA ready player, but I think Jabari Smith has the highest ceiling out of all the players in the top five. I think he's, he's a freakish athlete. He stands at 610, twenty. Um, great size great length Um, like I mean you look at the stat um, the stats on him like he's he's a guy that pretty much can impact both ends of the floor especially on the defensive end I think he's going to be a, a versatile defender that can defend multiple positions probably can defend anywhere from one through five that's how a uh, dominant of a player he can be like he's a good he can get steals, he can get blocks, he can get deflections. He's just an uh, impactful player. Um has the versatility on the offensive end to kind of handle the ball, um can shoot from the outside. Um what else? He can post up a little bit, but he's mostly on the perim- he mostly handles the ball on the perimeter. Um Plays more like a three. If I had to say that his position, he plays more like a three, but he can. He has the ability to rebound, so he can play four. So I would think he'd probably play four at the next level. Um, play a little three in certain position, certain um, lineups. He can play the three. So I like him a lot. I think he's gonna um, be a potential guy to be that you can. Maybe potentially see as a star in the league. I think he can be a star. He has the tools, the physical tools to be a star, and definitely has the, the potential to to really grow into something more. I mean, he's he's still only eighteen years old, still very young. He still can grow an inch or two and be seven feet tall. At that, that would be really scary with his, you know, all his um, perimeter skills at his size. I mean, he's definitely, he moves very well out there for his size as well. So I really like Jabari Smith. Um, but we'll see how everything goes, you know, throughout the year. I definitely will add more of these throughout the season. Um, uh, these draft scope features. Um, maybe I'll probably make an article about it and kind of just put it on an article so that you guys can kind of view them, The you know, pretty much have them up to date. Um, coming into the draft because I'll definitely will have a once the draft comes around I'll definitely have some uh have like a top 30 list or mock draft so um, I'll am i definitely will have that I, de- I remember uh, in 2020 I did have that um definitely will have an article like that um and we're probably going to wrap this show up I'm definitely a a long show, I mean, this, I would add this, like, a, as an extra, because it's not even, like, um, I didn't record this on the same day as all the other ones, but, and then, again, I pretty much post the, 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 the final two segments, or the, not the final two, but the recent two segments, uh, yesterday, so, um, I will post it on the social medias, uh, as far as, like, Facebook and whatnot. Um, as soon as I record this I will post it either tonight or tomorrow morning. So look out for that. Um but yeah, hopefully like I said I'm working on just be able to get hopefully I'm working on getting a a position where I could go to some of these local college basketball games and I they can post some videos, some video clips of that. Um put it maybe on the socials as well on this on the rims and nets page on the, you know on facebook and if you haven't done it like uh, like the page if anyone's hasn't you know i've seen a lot i've seen some support but like actual like the page that will definitely help with just growing growing the brand helping it to get more exposure um as hopefully a to get um hopefully getting more exposure out for you know all these local players and local teams and coaches and stuff so they can have more opportunities to maybe play in a um speaking of to end oh I almost forgot um I'm going to probably probably my next article I do have some breaking news things as well a breaking news article that's coming up that I'll probably post sometime this week um the Spalding Hoopall Classic is coming up in a few weeks Um, it wasn't, I think, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing last year. I think they canceled it last year because of COVID. So it's back this year. I don't think it's going to be at, um, I don't think it's going to be at, it's going to be in Springfield. I know that, but I don't think it's going to be at the usual site it was in. It's going to be in a different gym and it's pretty much going to be mostly, uh, uh, NEPSAC teams, you know, all the NEPSAC private, um, private prep schools are going to be there. Um, there's a few Connecticut schools that made it. I think Herb, uh, Avon Old Farms made it along with uh, Notre Dame West Haven, which I'll probably just, uh, I'll probably just like make that as the lead, uh, t- lead title, uh, Notre Dame West Haven making the uh, uh, the, two, the 2022 Spalding Hoopal classic. So, it's definitely a very good game because you get, you get to see all the best local town or, you know, out there. Um, and plus it's like, you see like the already the top national teams as well. Um, obviously, you know, Brewster Academy is going to be there, which is one of the top local teams, but you have teams that are like, uh, uh, moder, uh, I'm trying to think of the name, modern, moderve, um, IMG, IMG Academy. Like, those are, like, the top high school teams in the country. IMG Academies in Florida. Modern Vay, I think, is – oh, man, I'm thinking – I think that's in Florida, too, but I'm 100% positive on that. But, um, yeah, like, pretty much, like, the top high school teams in the country will be at the – um pretty much in Springfield in a couple of weeks. So that should be fun. I'll definitely try to, like, make a review on that, maybe do an article about all the results of those games – and who pretty much did well, who really put it, pretty much put a stamp on their, you know, on their, you know, because a lot of those guys are committed to schools already. But like there's some guys that probably are playing there, like obviously Desmond Claude that I just mentioned that plays for Putnam Science Academy, which is going to be playing in that game, playing in, the, playing in that weekend that will be able to kind of just kind of solidify himself. And maybe he might make make a decision there. Who knows? He might make a decision there. Usually, a lot of the guys like to wait to the big events to make those the you know those college decisions. But we'll see. Um, all right, but well, you listen to the um, the latest episode of the Rims and Nets podcast. She's your host Rob Morris. Um, I'm out. Peace.